Hey guys, and welcome back to the channel. A blockbuster women's matches on the horizon. It really is. Coco Golf versus Naomi Osaka, the San Jose quarterfinal. We're going to break it down. I'm going to talk about it from a form perspective, a tactical perspective, and give you my overall prediction as well. I actually am so excited for this generally because it's two massive hitters, two players who are just so exciting to watch, in my opinion, and it, it is going to be fireworks. It really will be. Before we get into it, though, remember to hit that like button, please, if you haven't done so already, and do subscribe if you're new. If you're a podcast listener or watcher, remember to leave a rating or review if you're listening or watching on Apple Podcasts, same as Spotify, Google, Google Podcasts as well. Thank you so much. Okay. Let's get into this. Coco Golf ranked number 11 in the world currently. Osaka, 41, of course. Osaka has missed quite a few tournaments and hasn't had the results maybe she would have wanted uh, so far this year. Losing to Enisimova in the Australian Open, a very tight, tight match. Uh, French Open didn't really go her way, of course. Um, not the best clay quarter. We can say that it's her least favorite surface. Didn't play Wimbledon. I don't know. I don't know. You know, it's a it's a weird one. I, I just not not quite sure exactly where her game is right now. And if we're talking about the Naomi Osaka, who you know has played really well in, in the last, what well, if we're talking about just before the start of twenty twenty two, maybe midway through twenty twenty one, a year or two years before that that period that block. She was playing incredible tennis and, of course, a multi-Grand Slam champion and only still pretty young. I mean, she's not that old. She's 24. She's got a lot of years ahead of her. For Coco Goff, she's just turned 18 and she is a fantastic player as well, so young herself. We'll see. We'll see how this goes on. The head-to-head -head is 2-1 to Naomi Osaka. Uh, they first met at the 2019 US Open and Osaka won in straight sets, 6-3, 6-love. So a big limb there. But, I mean, we have to put it into perspective. At that age, Coco Goff was 15. <laughs> Osaka then played Goff in the 2020 Australian Open and Goff actually got the win, winning 6-3, 6-4. Uh, and then at Cincinnati in 2021, Osaka won 4-6, 6-3, 6-4. So, look, I mean, if we take and put that 2019 US Open win by Osaka to one side. The other two games have been close uh, to a degree. So I think we're going to get another three-setter, if I'm being honest with you. And I, I'm very much looking forward to seeing how the two styles gel as well. And also what, what kind of form they're both in as well, honestly, because I'm not quite sure. I'm really not quite sure. Okay, let's talk about it from a, a tactical point of view then. And I think from a tactical point of view, there is a lot to look into. There really is. And I don't want to talk about it till the cows come home. I want to try and break it down as, as simply as possible. And we can start off with a Naomi Osaka serve. Now, her first serve is a massive weapon. And we'll talk about Coco Goff. And we can probably actually group them together, honestly. Naomi Osaka and Coco Goff both have massive serves. They really do. The first serves are two of the biggest in the women's game. You'd say maybe the top 10 biggest in the women's game, I'd say. If they make their first serve, the chances are they're going to have a very good chance of winning the point. And it would be interesting to see what their first serve 
win percentages or first serve points one percentage sorry even is this year because I would imagine it's pretty high for both players. Now, Coco Goff is a player who not only has power on her serve in other aspects of her game, same with Osaka, but where I think both players can make improvements and I think where both players also have struggled is the second serve. Now, both players are prone to a double fault, no doubt. Coco Goff had a period where she was suffering with double fault jitters and I guess similar to someone like Alexander Zverev uh, on the men's side he doesn't really have it as much anymore uh, but it can sometimes rear its ugly head but he of course had massive issues with it for years for Osaka there's a similar issue and I think part of that is down to lack of match practice this year genuinely I think but a lot of it is also down to the fact that I'm not quite sure she seems like she's almost caught in between two different ways of going about the second serve. And she is thinking, do I need to go with big, try and hit a big kick serve, which of course we know is a little bit harder for the women on tour than the men. And I talked to a WTA player uh, recently and she said to me that just physically uh, in terms of the makeup of, of women, it just seems to be a lot harder to generate that amount of spin and, and the strength it takes, I guess, generally, of course, there's going to be women that can hit good kick serves. We've seen against Shriontek, it's a fantastic kick serve, but just not as prevalent in the women's game. Asaka and Goff, they can hit somewhat of a kick serve from what I've seen. I think Asaka is caught between, do I want to hit a pretty, you know... <laughs> a pretty effective and potentially hurtful second serve to I might put it in the middle of the box with a lot of spin and try and put it in with a lot of spin and try and get away with it. The biggest issue as well that Asaka's had is her first serve percentage. And a lot of these things that we're talking about in terms of her second serve would probably be papered over a little bit if her first serve percentage generally was up. It hasn't been. She's been serving around kind of 50% I think this whole year from what I've seen and that's not been good enough especially with someone who has such a potent serve she should be trying to make more first serves uh, and clearly there's an issue that I don't know if it's through the ball toss or the mechanics of the serve uh, but it's something that I think she needs to look into of course and she'll be hoping to make a lot of first serves uh, against Coco Goff because if she doesn't then Goff will pounce on the second serve, will try to. And similarly, I guess the same holds true for Coco Golf, right? Uh, and interesting, let's look at the first round. So yeah, look at this. For Naomi Osaka, she only made 53% of first serves. So that's not very high. 11 aces, it shows how potent the first serve can be though. Two double faults, 77% of is the win percentage behind the first serve in that first round. This is against Kinwin Zeng, who's a very good player. Um, had to win in three sets. Uh, so a tough, tough battle in the end, although breadsticked the Chinese player in the third set. 55% behind the second serve. Uh, so, you know, there, there's a substantial dip there. Not too bad, though, I have to say. I was expecting it potentially to be a lot lower than that, although Kinwin Zeng can spray the ball a little bit um, at times. She's still very young. Uh, and then we also had Coco Goff, who... Her first serve percentage, now this is a lot better from Coco Goff, right? 63% of first serves in, 89% win percentage behind. So 
89% of points one behind the first serve, but five double faults. Seven aces, but five double faults. So she had more first serves being made, but also more double faults. Uh, more points one on first serve and second serve, 64% there. But the, the second serve for both players, I think, is a little bit iffy. And I think both players will be wanting to try and make as many first serves as every player does. But I think it'll be even more important for both these girls generally. What I would say is confidence-wise as well, of course, Koho Goff has a lot of confidence, especially from making the French Open this year. She's French Open final this year. She's taken big strides for sure. And she'll be happy, I think, generally with how this has gone so far. Um, I'm... Interested to see how the Coco Goff serve kind of plays out as well. Because as I said, she's got a massive serve. If Osaka, which she will try to be relatively proactive on the serve, I'm wondering how it's, she's going to return against Coco Goff. Because I personally think that if we're talking about the serve return dynamics, which I've been talking about probably longer than I needed to or wanted to, is... So I think if we're going to summarize it, both have fantastic first serves in terms of the pace on the ball. And also generally they're able to hit spots well enough to get three points, unreturnables or aces. The big then problem comes, okay, well, are these both these players able to make a high percentage of first serves? For Coco Goff, we're talking about, you know, she's in the solid range really at 63%. And that has been, I think she's been around 60 plus. That is average, I would say. That's kind of solid, good, decent type of first serve percentage. For Osaka, it has been around the 50% mark, which is what she had in that first round, 53%. That's pretty low, so she's going to want to boost that against Coco Goff because otherwise the second serve will come back with interest in quite a few of the rallies you would imagine against Goff. Whereas on the other way, on the other side, on the flip side, I'm not quite sure how good Osaka is going to be on the second serve of Coco Goff. Now, you'd imagine she will have enough. And what I would say is that if this was a clay court or a grass court, especially a clay court, because I think Coco Goff is very comfortable on the clay, I would very much veer towards Coco Goff because one, I feel like she moves better on the clay. Two, I think she returns better on the clay. And I think she just generally has a better game uh, that's suited to the clay. For Osaka, though, she has, of course, won all her Grand Slams on hard courts. She loves the, the surface. She's so, so good on it. Uh, she can trust it, of course, with the bounce. She knows how to play well on it, how to move well on it. And I think her return is substantially better on the hard courts than on the grass or clay. So I would imagine she will be confident returning the second serve, especially with Coco Goff. The, the interesting thing will come if both players do hit a lot of first serves. Who's going to return better? And you would imagine it will be Coco Goff because I feel like she's the more natural returner. But... Asaka, as I said, is very experienced on this surface, and she also has and just edges the head-to-head. -head. She will be confident, especially if she goes uh, hard into the Coco Goff forehand on return, that Goff will have to wind up the forehand, and that's the one technical, not necessarily flaw, but technical nuance to her game is the forehand side, and I know she shortened it a little bit from what I've seen, but the backswing is still pretty substantial, still pretty hefty. It's a, it's a big backswing, and that does mean she can get rushed on that side if you go hard and, and kind of deep into the corner. 
into that forehand side, she will potentially struggle to kind of get the ball back with sufficient depth and pace. And that's when, of course, Osaka is so dangerous. She'll step in and hit fantastic winners uh, into the open court. And uh, that'll be interesting to see. I would imagine in the forehand forehand exchanges uh, that Osaka will probably have the upper hand. You would imagine uh, in the backhand to backhand, I mean, Osaka's backhand is very underrated, but I feel like Coco Goff's backhand is more solid in terms of making less errors on that side. Now, I could be wrong, um, but one thing that I think she might look to, to go uh, go to as well is the backhand up the line. Now, that could be dangerous and very dangerous against Osaka because, of course, we're going into a forehand. So if she's going to go into that forehand side or the backhand up the line it needs to be really good it needs to be pinpoint and she needs to be really trying to give Osaka as little angle as possible by going as deep as possible into the corner because Osaka is so good at utilizing angles on the court it's one of the best players on tour on the women's side at use utilizing angles and uh, if she gets into an angled exchange on the forehand or backhand side I'd back her for sure uh, I guess a tactic that both both players, sorry, even might try to utilize it. It might be a, a useful one. It, it's slicing, especially on the backhand side. I know we do see uh, on the women's side more forehand slices as well than we do on the men's, and I get that. But I think with these two, we don't see it as much as more of a, a last resort defensive mechanism to stay in the rally. However, on the backhand side, it could be utilized quite well. Now, I don't personally think either player has a fantastic backhand slice, but it, it could be a good tool to use to change up the pace to disrupt the opponent's rhythm. And especially if, say, Osaka is feeling like in the backhand to backhand range, she's not getting as much success as possible as she'd like, or even Coco Goff, they might then go to that. Um, I'm not particularly expecting either player to come to the net a lot. I'm, I'm expecting it to be a battle from the back of the court. Uh, I would be surprised if we see a lot of points at the net or, or players hitting approach shots and coming to the net. It could happen. I don't really think it's in either player's nature to do so. I think we're going to see kind of slam-bang tennis from the back of the court. And it will be exciting. Uh, I, I'm pretty sure we're going to have some long rallies. Coco Goff is a fantastic defender on all surfaces. Asaka, as I said, does move well on the surface, though. But she will potentially have to play more than one shot or one shot more than she would expect against most players against Coco Goff because she's just so good at getting balls back, at being defensively sound. Uh, and I guess it's... <sighs> I guess it's similar to someone like an Alcaraz, really. Um, and I think I'm, I'm fair enough in saying that. I think she's got the fitness, the flexibility, the the ability defensively to be able to go around. I, I feel like she has that, similar to like an Alcaraz, for sure. And, you know, she's made a Grand Slam final. She clearly has taken big strides. For Osaka, it's, it's really a question of where is her game at? How is she looking after not playing Wilner? She's had a long layoff, of course. Uh, and she's really... I mean, to be perfectly honest and frank, she's been a little bit of a part-time player this year because of a lot of issues, and I get there, and injuries and mental health issues, and that that's understandable. But at the same time, of course, it does mean that she doesn't have that experience this year that Coco Goff has. She's not as battle-hardened this year either, and I feel like that means she's more susceptible 
to having her level drop and not being as consistent as Goff. That's my take on it. I'm going to actually go with Coco Goff to level things up in the head-to-head. In three sets, though, three pretty tight sets, I would imagine, as well. And what I would also say is that we have to factor in the surface. And don't be surprised if Osaka potentially beats her in straight sets. Coco Goff, I mean, serving five double faults in the first match doesn't also, you know, illuminate me with a lot of hope that she's going to serve particularly well. I know her first serve percentage was up and her first serve points one percentage was up, but I think also you have to factor in the um, the opponent as well. So we'll see. We'll see, but that's going to be my prediction. Let me know what you think. Who do you think is going to win and why? And in how many sets as well. I'm, I'm extremely excited to see this. I hope we see this many more times as as the years go on, and especially in big, big Grand Slam matches. Uh, these guys, you know, Leila Fernandez, Emirata Kanu, um, who else? You know, Kostiuk even, Clara Torsen, uh, Shviontek, you know, all these kind of younger players, Palabadosa. They're all kind of 24 or younger. I want to see them all playing against each other, and I hope it happens, but we'll see. Ozja Burr, of course, as well. She's a bit older, though. So the women's tour right now is exciting. It's booming. So let's see how let's see how they get on. Let's see how they get on. But I'm excited. Let me know your predictions. Thanks very much, guys, for watching. Remember to hit the like button and subscribe if you're new. And, of course, leave a rating or review if you're a podcast listener or watcher. Thanks very much, guys. See you later.